station has a lot of problems. Tell me about it. Just look at our morning guy. Hello, this is Mole Man in the Morning. Good Mole Man to you. Today, part four of our series of the agonizing pain in which I live every day. You're listening to CITR 101.9 FM in Vancouver, not the home of Mole Man in the Morning. Report on CITR Radio at 101.9 FM, broadcasting live from tradi- traditional unceded Musqueam territory in Vancouver at the UBC Point Grey campus. My name is Lua Prezijo, and I will be your host today with... Sarah Unju. Yes. Um, when she pronounces her name, it's so cute. <laughs> I wish I could say it the way she does, but yeah. Yeah, no, I can't <laughs> pronounce your name either. It's fine. It's fine. That's 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 the life of international students. Yeah. Um, this is my first show back. Yeah. Um, I haven't hosted in a while. Um, Sarah, Sarah actually had to give me a few recaps, but it's okay. We're here. We're doing great. Um, and for our very first Cheryl of the year and of the decade, we are super excited to be back. And I like to start talking today a little bit more about the full. <coughs> oh my, oh god. my god! Are you okay? <coughs> this is the oh, first time hi. I think I've seen you cough so much. Oh Jesus! I think I choked on my own saliva. Oh no! Too excited for everything. <laughs> but a little bit more about the Push Festival, which she, which just started this week. So the Push International Performing Art Festival, known as Push, uh, is presenting its 16th annual edition from January 21st, so yesterday, mm-hmm. to February 9th, 2020. And there are going to be so many venues across the Lower Men Lane. They fe- are featuring 27 works from 27 different companies from nine different countries, including six world premieres. Damn. Which is pretty impressive. Yeah. Uh, the festival lineup is dedicated to creative risk-taking and dynamic interdisciplinary collaboration. Push 2020 is a prominent reminder of art's power to bring communities together and affect change. Um, Push presents six world premieres, all from local artists, companies, mm-hmm. and Anywhere But Here, which will be having an interview and we will be reviewing on this show, which I'm very excited about. Nice. Uh, a Berlin, The Last Cabaret which um, we're going to talk about a little bit more about later on on the show today, which should be very, very interesting. Yeah. Um, there's a contemporary dance by the Wenwake Dance Company, High Water, which is a multidisciplinary performance artist Robert Leveros um, is performing, and some other really cool stuff. Um, and you can get individual tickets for show or a pass and everything is sold online. And we will be talking about a few other push shows mm-hmm. throughout this month until, you know, push ends. <laughs> uh, but if we start off our show today, we would like to, we had an interview, well, I interviewed earlier this week, the protagonist of, well, not the protagonist, <laughs> the actor who plays the protagonist of Old Stock, a refugee love story, Ben Kaplan. Um, and I'm very excited for you to guys to hear this interview. Um, we will also be reviewing this show uh, next week. And it sounds like a fascinating story. It's a really interesting new take on the refugee crisis. One that, you know, um, being written by white people, they obviously couldn't be talking about mm-hmm. um, the current issues with immigration. However, they kind of related back to um 
Well, you'll see. Exit is out of <laughs> Europe. Anyway, here you go. Here's the interview. So, how are you today? Uh, I'm doing well. Just uh, getting ready to hit the road shortly. That's exciting. So, this is your first show, um, like theater show, in about 10 years, right? That's right, yeah. How are you feeling about that, returning to the stage after so long in just music? Um, it's been really rewarding. I, I uh, you know, I, I've always been a big lover of the theater, but it, it takes so much uh, time and energy and talented people and resources to be able to pull off, uh, you know, a theatrical production on the scale. So I, I just feel you know, insanely lucky to have been able to work with the team at Tubi Theater and the amazing group of artists that I'm doing this show with. That's awesome. And so can you tell us a little bit more about um, Old Stock and, you know, what's your role and what's it about? Yeah, so Old Stock is um, sort of a concert theater hybrid, it's sort of a, a mashup of... Oh, sorry, my uh, alarm is just going off just one second. Um, there we go, now it's time for me to call you. Um, <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, Old Stock is it's a sort of a, it's a concert theater hybrid. It, it's a mashup of these two different aesthetics. Rather than trying to make a musical in the traditional sense with all of its you know cheesiness and cliches, we decided to try to pull the strengths of what theater can do in these sort of scenes, these vignettes that were written by Hannah Moskovich, and sort of blending that and fusing that with these songs that were written by myself and, and Christian Barry, the director of the show. Um, and we use these these two styles, these two mediums, to tell the story of Chaim and Chaya Moskovich, these two Jewish-Romanian refugees who, who come to Canada in 1908. And my role in the show is, is sort of um, quasi-MC, sort of narrator, sort of God kind of character that, that sort of um, engages directly with the audience and sort of structures and, and, uh, and, and frames the telling of the story. And so you wrote all these songs, like all the songs that are being performed in Old Stock, A Refugee Story, are by you. Um, no, so I wrote, I co-wrote uh, the vast majority of the songs with Christian Berry, who's the director of the show. We sat down together and sort of would talk about the play and talk about the themes and, and, and the, the narrative arc and, and sort of collaborate on, on, uh, on writing out these songs. And we also included one song by Vancouver songwriter Jeff Berner. Yeah, that sounds really cool. And so, are you more excited, do you think, for the concert aspect of it, or the theater aspect of it, or the hybridity of it? Um, yeah, for me, it's the hybridity that's, that's exciting about it. I mean, I, I perform a lot of concerts. I'm still actively touring with my band. Um, so I, I certainly get a lot out of that side of my life. But what's great about this is, is this, this fusion of these two media. And, um, you know, when I'm working, when I'm touring with you know, a rock and roll concert kind of a thing, I don't have a set that I'm traveling with or a whole lighting rig and all of the, the very specific architecture of this theater thing that we've built. And so, you know, being able to execute this thing that's, that's just on a slightly more detailed um, construction and on such a larger scale than what I normally do uh, for, for concerts, that, that part is really exciting. And beyond that, um, I, I just, it's, it's really rewarding to, tell this story that is about humanizing refugees, that is about looking at the humanity of the people who are having these challenging experiences of, of, of having to move from one place to another and thinking about these kinds of layered identities that people carry with them um, and, and reflecting on, on, you know, this story is, is from 100 years ago, over 100 years ago, but um, being able to create the opportunity for audiences to reflect on the similarity with the contemporary situation is uh it feels like important work and, and very rewarding work and why do why choose um this theme i mean it's set in 1908 um very you know very old about immigration to canada from what i understand correct and so why do you think it was important to choose this theme or to write this story around this, these songs? You know, it was, it was really the idea of, of making this show you know, started in 2015. And there was a couple of catalyzing events that, that led to us making this show. Um, one of the first was sort of our, our growing awareness of the size and scale and horror of the Syrian refugee crisis and what was going on there. 
um, you know, followed by some of the comments that were made by former Prime Minister Stephen Harper in the 2015 leadership debate, where he made this distinction between, um, you know, potentially spurious claims of refugee status and people claiming asylum, people wanting um, to, to have health care or, or um, some sort of health services while they were in Canada waiting for their claims to be evaluated. And he contrasted those people with, quote unquote, old stock Canadians. And this way of, of thinking about Canadian identity and thinking about um, this way of othering, you know, people who are, are, are new Canadians or, or are coming to our society looking for help, um, I, I found to be profoundly disturbing. Um, you know, as a fourth-generation Canadian, um, you know, my great-grandparents uh, emigrated to Canada in the late 1800s and early 1900s, similar to the story of Chaim and Chaim Moscovich. Um, you know, my, my great-grandparents were certainly not old-stock Canadians. My grandparents themselves were, were not considered to be, you know, deeply Canadian. There was a lot of anti-Semitism and racism. And even in my parents' lives, uh, they dealt with anti-Semitism and, and discrimination growing up. And so, you know, I'm maybe the first generation in my family of Canadians who hasn't had to deal with substantive challenges of being made to feel other or not quite belonging in the society. And so was I supposed to feel included by these comments by Mr. Harper as, as an old stock, quote-unquote, Canadian? So thinking about this idea and this othering and this, this saying that, oh, no, these people are, are different than, than us and, and what it, you know, that construction of Canadian identity, uh, I found to be deeply problematic. Um, and then on top of that, of course, at the same time, that we saw this image of, of the young child, Alan Kurdi, this young Syrian boy who washed up on a beach in Turkey, and the confluence of all of these things made us made us sort of all decide as a creative team, myself, Christian, and Hannah Moscovich, um, that we that we ought to make something that, that thinks about refugees. And that sort of that was the, the story for our moment. Um, but of course, you know, I don't really have access to the story of of, of Syrian refugees. It's not my story to tell. Uh, and so we we talked about a story that we could tell and the, the parallels between the story of my ancestors and the story of my uh, co-writer, Hannah Moscovich. Um, and, and in fact, the story is, is very much based on the true story of her great-grandparents. Um, it is Chaim and Chaim Moscovich who are Hannah's great-grandparents. Wow, that sounds fascinating. I mean, at the end of the day, this is truly like a Canadian story, uh, a country built by immigrants. Um, and it sounds very exciting, all of it. What do you think old stock really means just the phrase old stock because it is a kind of a weird phrase to describe anyone and to describe older immigrants as old stock what do you think it reflects or what do you think that phrase means i i think that that phrase i mean i i, I reject that phrase categorically as a as a valid definition of canadian identity um because it's it's so it's so blurry i mean it's when does one when does one become old stock? Is it, is it two generations? Is it three generations? Is it seven generations? And I think that really what is at the heart of that phrase is an assumption that there is some racial quality to Canadianness, and And I reject that. And I think that, that we see in our, in our metropolitan centers across this country that there are, you know, Canadians of all different colors, shapes, sizes, cultures, religions, uh, languages, and I think that what unites us as Canadians is something that is far more uh, deep than uh, having a particular ancestry. Um, I, I think that you know another deep problem with the term old stock is that it ignores the oldest stock Canadians, if we want to use that phrase, which is our, our indigenous brothers and sisters and the nations who were here before we got here. Um, and, and so, you know, I think that we as Canadians uh, as, a, as a nation of immigrants, as a, as a nation of people on stolen land, I think that we have an obligation to, uh, you know, think deeply about our privilege in, in, in living in this land and being able to share this land uh, with each other and, you know, what that means in terms of our obligations to, to new immigrants and new Canadians. And I think that, you know, with Old Stock, the point of the show, I mean, there, there are certainly political you know, uh, thoughts and ideas that are operating, you know, on a meta level inside of the work. Um, but the point is not to say we should let everybody into Canada or we should set a, an unlimited quote on immigration. It's it's more about thinking about the ways in which we, we talk about people who are coming to our country looking for help. And it's a, it's a reflection on 
the fact that these are human beings. And when we talk about, you know, waves of immigration or hordes of, of immigrants and, and all of these different kinds of, of phrases, it, 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 what's operating here when we, when we think about these people is in large groups is the individual human lives. And so Old Stock is, is really, it's about zooming in on just, you know, one couple, two human lives and the struggle to, you know, overcome the traumas of their past and to make a new identity in this new place as a way of shedding light on the very human struggle of people who are going through that today. Well, it sounds like a fascinating play. I'm very, very excited to see it and review it live on air later on this week. And it is happening on January 24th and 25th at 7.30 p.m., January 26th, 1.30 p.m., and January 28th to 30th, 7.30 p.m. at the Frederick Wood Theatre here at the UBC Point Great Campus. I mean, it's a lot of shows. Are you prepared for all of that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> we. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty used to doing seven or eight shows a week. That's that's just my job. So uh, I'm not too worried about that. But I, I'm excited for it. You know, it's it's a show that has a lot of humor, a lot of uh, you know, sort of raucous energy, as well as being a, a tender uh, and, and and sweet story as well. So I, I, you know, the response so far has been has been really beautiful, and I'm looking forward to sharing it with a with a Vancouver audience. Well, I'm excited. Thank you so much for taking time to speak with us today, and I hope to see you soon on stage. Great. Thanks so much for the, uh, for the chat. Take care. Bye-bye. And we're back. And because this is a, well, at the end of the day, like kind of like a musical, but not really, kind of like a concert mashup, which mm-hmm. I'm really excited about, and I think it's going to be really cool, let's listen to a little bit of a preview of like what kind of music are they going to have on there yes. and from there we're going to do a little ad and PSA break and then we'll be right back with a little bit more about MOA with all of my pity upon you all of my pity upon you my luck can only get better yours is bound to be worse now I see it upon you the traveler's curse Fundrive 2020, CITR's annual fundraiser extravaganza, is almost upon us. This year's theme is Crush on CITR. And since we deal primarily in sound around here, we started wondering, what does a crush sound like? Hey, do you want to make out... It's like that um, filter on Instagram. It's like... Well, um, as great as those answers were, uh, we're kind of hoping this year a crush sounds a bit more like... Because your donations are what allow us to do, well, almost everything. Hosting free radio and podcast trainings, publishing the amazing Discorder magazine, producing local independent news, promoting and playing local music, and so much more. Our Fundrive goal is to reach $30,000 by February 14th. You can show your crush on CITR right now by visiting citr.ca slash donate. I need a creative outlet. How on earth can I channel everything that's inside of me? You know you can do that at CITR and Discorder, right? Pardon me? Yeah, you can illustrate for Discorder magazine or take photographs of events and artists and they can teach you how to use Photoshop in their media lab. That is so exhilarating. It fills my soul with lightning. Yeah, just email volunteer at citr.ca and they can help you get started or just come into the station whenever. I wouldn't miss it for the world. (laughs) 
And hello, hello, hello. Hi. So yeah, Fun Drive is happening very soon. Um, the official Fun Drive opening is February 6th. And Fun Drive is so, so, so incredibly important to us here at CITR Radio because it's how we keep making radio. It's where most of our funds come from to basically do everything, all the amazing work that you're listening to constantly. And Thank you so much to all our listeners and thank you so much to all our sponsors and everyone who donates because if it wasn't for you, we wouldn't be here today. Yeah. <laughs> and with that being said, oh, and the cool thing is um, if you want to donate and um, you want to say that you're donating to our show, um, you c depending on your donation, you can get like certain prizes and those are going to come out later on. Um, we're going to announce them later on, but just as a heads up. Anyway, <laughs> going back to MOA. Yeah. What do you think about MOA in general, Sarah? So, okay. Um, MOA, I, so I'm in third year right now. Well, actually, what is MOA? MOA <laughs> is the Museum of Anthropology. There we go. For anyone who does not know, yeah, for short, we call it MOA because every time saying Museum of Anthropology is just too much. Um, anyways, yeah, so the last time I've been is actually during first year in Jumpstart. We went with my, you know, Jumpstart group and it was amazing. It was magnificent. It was really pretty. Um, I don't, you know, remember much specifically because it's been three years. Uh, but I do know that um, <laughs> my brother went there recently. He's visiting me and he liked it too. And I mean, you know, being in a foreign country, sometimes it's hard to understand museums, maybe with the writings, because, you know, it's not your main language. Stuff can be hard, <laughs> but apparently it wasn't. And he loved it. And That's so great. Yeah. Great to hear. I mean, MOA is one of those museums that is just super accessible. It has art and it has kind of like history aspect to it, too, yeah. which is something I really like. But I really want to talk about MOA because of their, well, a new-ish exhibit, I guess, at yeah, this point. it started before yeah, it the started, New Year's, but still. Yeah, it started in November, in the end of November. It's going until March, and it's called Playing with Fire, Ceramics of the Extraordinary. Ooh. Yeah, it sounds very intense, right? <laughs> <laughs> it sounds interesting. It sounds very intense, but because it, it is. Um, it's all works that are sculptural-based. Mm -hmm. They're all works made of ceramics. And I don't know, there's something about ceramics and arts that I just never considered before going into the show. I mean, I had seen certain pieces, but before going to see this exhibit, it was kind of like, oh, yeah, like they kind of exist as isolated things. Ceramics? Yeah, like not cer mm -hmm. ceramics as art. You know, oh, like okay. Not well. Yeah, not, not as a functional thing. Exactly. Because yeah, okay. a lot of these pieces over there are like these kinds of sculptures that have absolutely no function mm -hmm. to them they yeah. aren't cups they aren't bowls they aren't something that you're going to use and not to diminish um arts that does have a use um i just had never seen something like this you know and, yeah. it, it, and it's a really interesting thing and if you do have an opportunity to go out of your way to go see playing with fire it is a exhibit that's definitely worth it also, I just would like to mention for any UBC students, it's entrance free. to MOA, yeah, it's free. So you have no reason to not go. Exactly. And so it's a group exhibition of 11 BC based artists, and they have created these series of installations. Um, again, all ceramics. And a lot of them um, offer commentary on the world around us or, or offer some kind of reflection. Um, two of my favorite pieces. Um, I can't remember who the artists are right now just because I was there a, a little bit of a while ago. Um, and again, there are 11 of them. And the, <laughs> the artist's names are written on the wall, but like right now I cannot think of their names. Yeah, it's okay. But one of the really interesting pieces for me was um, the White Cafe. And mm -hmm. this White Cafe is by this female artist who is indigenous and she collected um just a number of representations of racial dolls like racialized dolls okay. so like black dolls asian dolls indigenous dolls mm -hmm. not only dolls but 
all kinds of objects. So like game boards that like, you know, like how Chinese checkers is called Chinese checkers. Yeah. And so like a lot of that branding back in the day um, was very racialized as well. And so she kind of like collected all these things. And so she set up this... um, this stand like a cafe like you're walking into a like a little like cafe where you're gonna maybe like sit down and like eat donuts or something Mm -hmm. and there's three stools there's coffee mugs with um a kind of ceramic or fill to them okay and on the background on the back like on a stand as if it's like behind the counter like not as if it is behind the (laughs) counter there's all these objects and everything else except these these objects are their original color so whatever color they were made but everything else outside of these is completely painted white okay and inside the the cups the the mugs that have like this liquid not liquid this resin that looks like liquid mm-hmm. there's written in kind of like spaghetti letters um whites only Oh. And so it's uh she also made a menu and if you actually take your time to like take a look at the menu and the dishes and like all of that it's a lot of detail that's put into this piece and it's such an interesting critique of you know race and wor- what's the mm-hmm. place of race and all of that. Um so that's one of the pieces that I really liked. Um another one that I found really fascinating was by the same artist uh but for this one um, she molded these shoes and she, uh, well, they're the, the exact same sho- shoes, but she molded them a bunch of different times. So each one has kind of like a uniqueness to them. Mm-hmm. And um, she placed them inside kind of like this cupboard and it's presented like that. And it just makes you think about like questions of intimacy mm-hmm. and repetition and all those things that you do every day and you don't realize, you know? like putting your shoe on like this is a this is a worn shoe like it's obviously a worn boot and uh, what is our attachment to these mundane objects with us repeating these movements every single day again this is these are like the more you know critical i guess artworks there are some less critical but i think that everything in there does have a very unique message to it and at the end of the day, it comes down to, to me, is that they're all beautiful. Yes. Like, regardless of what they're presenting or not presenting, they these are beautiful pieces that are playing with ceramics in a way that I never thought I would see ceramics played with before. Um, the If you see it, any advertisements for playing with fire, which is not the case here, we're not advertising, <laughs> we're kind of like doing a review... Um, you will notice that a lot of the advertisements they're using a photo of this very interesting piece that when you look at it at first you don't believe is ceramics because it's as the artist describes it it's pushing ceramics to its limit it's pulling and it's pushing and it's creating all these weird really weird textures and it looks like silly string it (laughs) honestly looks like silly string like someone like uh, like sprayed silly string in this very in these very intricate sa- shapes in these very colorful colors ceramics yeah and it's oh all ceramic and yeah. it's also very fragile and like every time i close to those pieces i'm like in my head I'm, you know like when you have those moments of you're like anything i do now like i could all of a sudden like you're in a really high place and you're like i could just drop my phone right now <laughs> <laughs> and this kind of situation where you're like i could just like trip and fall and break these pieces you know yeah. that's my only thought but it's so worth seeing it especially because one of those was commissioned by um for like uh canada 150 and so it's it's really cool it's some really cool stuff um and the good thing about moa to me is that although they do create this gallery space it's very different than other galleries where you know the the white box of the gallery space it 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 allows you to really get up close and personal to certain of these pieces. And that's just so cool to me because there's so much detail in a lot of these. And there's so much little, little, little things that you're like, you could have missed this, but you didn't. But you didn't. Yeah. Because you had the chance to, you know, look, take a really close look at it. You can't touch it. 
because you know Ugh, art, art. <laughs> <laughs> and also ceramics you might break it yeah um, but it's it's very it's very cool to for once be able to see things like really up close and personal mm-hmm. and so we're gonna move on to a few shout outs um <laughs> that was a weird way of saying <laughs> that. A great segue <laughs> <laughs> well it's because this is our first show of the year and yes. before this we've kind of been well exams and new years and going home and uh, all yeah. of that and it's been taking a toll and honestly the beginning of the year has already been super stressful yeah <laughs> i'm losing my mind <laughs> <laughs> Please don't. and you know what and i feel that this is a feeling that a lot of people can relate to and that is part of the reason that you know we're not putting upon ourselves to drive try you know do so much that we're driving ourselves insane yeah we're doing everything we can to cover as much as we can in vancouver and bring it to you our listeners because you guys are the ones we care about yeah and we, we we really want to bring that information out to you and before we go move on on to these uh shout outs and talk about all these different events that are happening all over the city i'd also like to point out that the art support is a collective yes i was just gonna say that i was gonna be like you know we're trying so much but it is just the two of us so <laughs> right now it's just the two of us we had sylvana who oh miss sylvana already yeah, who's gonna exchange this term um but she will be back next term but until then, it's only Sarah and I for right now. Yeah. And we don't want that to be the case. Yes, come join <laughs> us. We are a collective. What does a collective mean, Sarah? Well, a collective means that um, the show is basically not going to die out with us graduating. <laughs> because it's not That's our... That's a good per- way to put it. <laughs> yeah. It's not our personal show. We didn't create this. This collective already existed within CITR when we joined. Anybody can join the collective. You can um, do as much or as little as you want. It depends on your schedule, depends on how much you want to do. And I don't know. It's just. (laughs) It's just fun. And at the end of the day, like, who doesn't want to go to all these amazing shows, right? For free. (laughs) (laughs) For free? For a job, though. Yes, of Um, course. I mean, we're not just seeing them. We're also spending every week here talking about them, getting them heard, getting the word out. Yeah, and there's so much behind-the-scenes work that goes into everything we do as well. Um, But anyway, if you're interested, shoot us a message on Instagram at artsreportcitr or message us on Facebook or email us at arts at citr.ca or you know, if you're on campus, we have meetings every Wednesdays at 4 p.m. right here at the CITR studio and where we meet and discuss art stuff and like what do we want to do for the shows and our plans and thoughts and all of that. Yeah, and also we can answer any of the questions you have. So that's also a great time to, you know, and yeah. <laughs> cool. What's so, this? <laughs> <laughs> so. Going back to what's happening in Vancouver and what can we watch and what's cool. Um, I want to <laughs> first mention, um, going back to the Push Festival. Again, Push Festival is up and running. Yes. Some really cool shows are happening. Go check it out. You can get a season pass or just individual tickets. Um, one of the ones that I want to talk about that I think is really should be really intense in a really amazing way is called um berlin the last cabaret okay and advanced tickets are actually sold out for the show but some tickets are maybe released uh, at the venue prior to each performance and i just really love the idea of cabarets period i think cabarets are really cool and this is a political caliber cabaret that celebrates the subversive power of art and offers a warning to those who would take freedom for granted so it is said in 1934 um, as once nazism is tightening its grip in germany and it's satirical cabaret that um uh, where a satirical cabaret troupe faces physical danger and a moral crisis so um basically it's said in a way where um, their plot, I guess, is a better way of putting <laughs> it. Uh, some of the members of this cabaret have disappeared, and the five remaining people um, decide to, you know, do anything 
like ignore everything and perform their work uncensored mm-hmm. although there's heavily sense like censor at this time and there is a lot of risks and you know this was a reality in 1934 and in some places today it still is a reality and i love i love i just love cabarets what can yeah. i say and berlin the last cabaret does seem sound like a really really amazing one so that's all i'm gonna talk about push for today but you will be hearing more about push yes. very soon <laughs> <laughs> We have reviews. And with that, I'm actually passing on to another shout out. Um, this one is for Le Ballet. I don't know how to pronounce this word. I really don't know. Trocadero. Well, I how I would say it is trocadero, but probably with like an American English. Trocadero. I have no idea. Anyways, the Monte Carlo. Um, so this is a ballet show, but pretty with a twist with a twist <laughs> yes and uh, the twist is that the the performers are all male and in on point yes <laughs> i mean male ballet dancers exist we love them boys dance too but in classical ballet males don't wear point shoes only uh, ballerinas do and so this is really interesting because all of the performers are full in costumes like tutus makeup point shoes all of that sh- jazz but they're all male and it's like the drag of ballet yeah and <laughs> what could i ask for more honestly and so they're taking you know well-known and loved ballets like swan lake or le grand pas de quatre stuff like that and they're you know making it um i don't know how to put this so they mix they're mixing it with physical comedy basically oh yeah so it's not just a ballet show it's also uh, funny <laughs> yes, it's also funny honestly this is like the perfect show it's ballet it's funny it's males dancing on point shoes and i looked at the like the trailer video uh i feel like most of the times when it, the like males I've seen on point, you see that they're struggling because they're n- not used to it. But they're flawless. This, yes, aren't they, they are flawless. They are, you know, doing it much better than a- like anything I can do. And also, I want to point out that apparently, um, the trucks they've been doing this for more than forty years. Like, <laughs> it's amazing. I don't know. It I is. Just, it honestly, is it's yeah, amazing. I wanted to point um, that out. The the one thing that like comes to my mind is that i'm pretty sure this is also the company that brooklyn heights the, the <laughs> brooklyn heights is a drag queen um who is a ballerina and i'm pretty sure she performed with them oh, at really? some point that's cool so that's that's really cool yeah. if you're if you're if you're rupaul's drag race fan you know <laughs> or if you're a ballet fan or if you're a comedy fan or if you're anything fan just go watch it <laughs> yeah they're, they're <laughs> catering to everything honestly it's happening on february 1st um so on saturday from 8 to 10 it's at the queen elizabeth theater i really wish i could go but we're seeing you're in town on february 1st so we can't unfortunately but Ugh. i really wanted to i saw like their ad on instagram when i was back in turkey like before the new year's i was like yes i have to go to this, I have to go to this. but like i can't <sighs> life life yes. is complicated go for me yeah. and enjoy it for us <laughs> or or go and then come here and be like tell us about it <laughs> yes yes that's even better Go watch it. Come here and talk Tons. with us. Yes. Um, anyway, we are... Anyway, with that. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to go into a little quick um, ad and PSA break. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about a few more shows that are happening all over town. Oh, my God. Do you want to voice this one? Yes, I do. Okay. Do you want me to voice it? I can yeah, voice yeah. it. Yeah, please voice That's this one. That's the wrong mic. <clears throat> you f- dip. I can't believe I put up with this. And I asked for a grape soda, you asshole. Okay. Due to a labor dispute, CITR is missing its star voice actors. That means if you're interested in producing PSAs, advertisements, and various other promotional wonders for airplay on the radio, we need you. Learn how to get involved with CITR's production department and all other facets of volunteering at CITR and Discorder Magazine at citr.ca. 
programming, photography, media training, and more. Plus, a guest star in the lounge. No, wait, we, we can't promise that. Can't believe I put up with this. I'm an art student, and my biggest job prospect is Starbucks. I'm a sixth year student. I don't even have a major yet. I got a pointless degree, and now I work a nine to five job where all I do is sit in a cubicle and look busy. My final grade's a 46, and the prof won't round it to a pass. <laughs> I'm in a loveless marriage, and I fear my wife is going to leave me. If, if only, only there was, was a short escape from my sad, sad, sad life. Looking for a short escape? This January, join the Vancouver Short Film Festival on a journey through 46 films made by BC filmmakers. Featuring six screening programs, a 10th year retrospective celebration, door prizes, and the opportunity to rub shoulders with BC's up-and-coming filmmakers, you won't want to miss this. With the ticket to any screening, you can attend the opening and closing parties and revel in the amazing work cooked up by talented local filmmakers. January 24th to 26th at the Van City Theatre. For more information, head to vsff.com. All screenings are 19+. plus. Keep it short at the 2020 Vancouver Short Film Festival. And like I said, that, uh, a quick PSA break. I, I think yes. that was pretty quick. That was really quick. <laughs> um, so something that's happening on January 23rd, so this week, is The Real Causes is presenting Dosed, a SFU Woodward at SFU Woodward's, which is on 149 West Hastings Street, downtown. Um, this is a um, really interesting film because it deals with substance use in, I guess, in a different way than what you usually see films about substance use dealing with it. So the plot, more or less, is Adrienne's first dose of psilocybin cy- cy- no, <laughs> mushrooms <laughs> catapulted her into an unexpected world of healing where plant medicines are redefining our understanding of mental health and addiction. Uh, and those highlights... Um, options that could end a lot of human suffering so um there will also be a post-film discussion with uh with the Moses parasite sorry with adrienne who is kind of the protagonist of the film tyler and nick and a representative from a community called the multidisciplinary association for psychedelic studies um maps canada so this should be super interesting. Uh, tickets are only $12 uh, in advance and 15 at the door. It's happening on Thursday, January 23rd at 7 p.m. Doors open at 6.30. And again, this is like a super accessible price, uh, a cool film. And, you know, talkbacks aren't, don't always happen. You don't always get a chance to, yeah. ta- to talk, to have a talkback with directors and artists that are producing a film. So why not maybe like get a chance on this t- this time you know like um they're real causes and real with two e's like real like a movie real oh. which i think is like a r- really great pun it is <laughs> um, uh real causes um kind of logo is kind of logo i, I need to stop saying liking kind of <laughs> logo is watch discuss act and so all the movies presented within the real causes banner is are movies that are trying to make you talk about something. They're trying to instigate a conversation. And I think this one is a really interesting um, jumping off point of like these, uh, this drug usage, I mean, at the end of the day, um, mushrooms like alcohol, like anything else mm-hmm. is a type of drug. How can it be used? I mean, like, isn't this kind of the conversation that was had about marijuana? Marijuana. <laughs> <laughs> we can't speak today, can we? And we work at the radio, guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, about weed a few years back. Um, and so, I don't know. I Maybe I've been listening too much to this amazing podcast called Crackdown about the drug war in Vancouver. Oh. And now all I can think about is like, you know what? There are other ways to tackle drug issues that aren't the ways we're doing now that aren't going to, you know make people suffer mm-hmm. um and so maybe that's just me talking and who knows but <laughs> i uh, regardless um those does seem like a really cool opportunity to well open a discussion watch a new perspective and talk to some really amazing artists 
Yes. And with that, I'm going to do a full 180 and talk about something funny. <laughs> I'm going to talk about Smash Comedy Festival, which is starting tomorrow and it's going until the 25th. So it's three days. And um, you might be wondering, hey, Sarah, what is Smash Comedy Festival? Well, it is a weekend of patriarchy crushing comedy, which is, you know, <laughs> sounds amazing. <laughs> Anyways, so um, this is, festival is produced by Nasty Women Comedy. It is the second annual festival. It's, as I said, it's a three-day comedy festival spotlighting Vancouver's best and brightest women trans femme plus performers. And so um, they have sketch, improv, stand-up comedy. They also have workshops, which is also, you know, really useful for people who want maybe want to go into comedy or improv and so this is as i said happening this weekend anyways i'll talk about a little more so tomorrow night they only have one show uh at 8 p.m but then the other two nights so friday and saturday they have three shows like in one night it's like 7 9 11 And so with this, which means that there are like different tickets you can get. So there's like a single show pass, a festival pass, which, you know, I recommend because that's always fun. You I can mean, just who see. doesn't love comedy, right? Exactly. Or you can get like a all night pass, which is the first time I've seen this. But, you know, it's really interesting. Because it's just for like the night shows. Like yeah. Not morning shows. Yeah. Well, they don't have morning shows. Oh. That's it. It's like you get an all night pass and you can see all three of them. Or like oh, I see. I see. I see. If you're interested in only one of them. I don't know. It's up to you. You can check it out. And then I also look at the workshops. There are five workshops and one of them hits home really hard. What's it called? <laughs> turning pain into comedy. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah. It's my entire personality. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Unfortunately. And also there's one called Boldness 101. I'm really curious what it is. That sounds interesting. It, it does. And, you know, I... I'm really interested and I really want to go now. And like, there's so much stuff. Also, it's also great that it, the performers are um, WTF plus. So women trans femme plus. And so it's really interesting. And as I said, as I said it's a weekend of patriarchy crushing comedy. Yeah. <laughs> and we're going to end the show a little bit early today. Um, not that early, I guess like five minutes early <laughs> um and to end the show i'd like to put out there that the siloam theater festival is accepting submissions for their well festival you know <laughs> um so siloam is means to send and they are interested in uh, like empowering the voices of local artists and playwrights um Their purpose is to create a platform for local emerging talent to show their their community. Wow, their work <laughs> for the community of Langley, BC. So this is a Langley thing. However, I think it is valid to um, bring it up because you know um, a bunch of festivals. Well, not a bunch of festivals, but like festivals are always accepting submissions, and mm -hmm. sometimes you don't know until the deadline passes. Like that has happened to me. And so the Siloam Theater Festival, if you have a really cool play that's homemade, uh, quote unquote, cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you have a drama company or maybe you don't, well, it's really no harm to submit. Uh, the de submission deadline is Thursday, July 20th. Oh, sorry. July? No. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thursday, July 23rd, really? Saturday, August 1st, 2020. Oh, date of the third. No, sorry. That's Wait. the date of the third festival. The deadline oh. for submission <laughs> is Friday, March 20th. Okay. Deadline for submission is Friday, March 20th. I'm sorry. The festival itself is occurring in July and August. Um, And the best part is if your submission is selected, you walk away with 7% of your total profit from individual ticket sales. Oh. So that's pretty fun. Yeah. Um, with all that... I hope you enjoyed our show today. Um, don't forget that Fun Drive is coming up and we really appreciate your donations every step of the way. Um, thank you so much for tuning in. I am Lua Presidio. 
And I'm Sarah Unju. And see you guys. Well, not see you. I hope you listen, listen to, to us, us. <laughs> <laughs> next week. And bye bye. Well, how do I? Okay. Bye. <laughs>